Hello and welcome to the Prickly Pens podcast. We are at episode 79. We're three friends, three writers, sharing not only our writing journeys, but a window into our conversations around the art of storytelling in the various formats like books, films, and video games, and also selective topics that make us ponder or piss us off. So let's start with introductions. Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, I'm Julia. And I'm Michelle. Welcome to Prickly Pens Podcast. And before we, we start, because we are going to start on stuff, but just to let folks know that we all met up in New York um, about three weeks ago. Yeah, and a month ago. A month ago already. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we hadn't seen each other in like two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. Person. So yeah. it was... It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed close to Madison Square Gardens versus like Times Square where we normally would have hung out because of uh, mostly is because we were going there for Romance Writers of America conference. Right. Um, but this time we uh, ended up on a few blocks away um, and we ate. We ate. We ate. That's what I, I remember. <laughs> We talked too, but we ate and ate. We ate, (laughs) and it was it wasn't hot. As I mean, we had a heat wave around. I think right before we went, um, but it was pretty decent. I think you're Um, blocking it out. I think it was very hot. It was. (laughs) I mean, it was sweaty. I was sweaty. We were. I mean, okay, it was hot. Well, Gabby and I, we were there like a weekend before we met up with Julia. So we were in East Harlem and hung out at the Met for a day. Um, and I was I was hot inside the Met, <laughs> the museum, Metro, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah, Is that the I don't know. title? Anyway, <laughs> we were out there and then we went to Central Park and stuff. It was pretty. Um, my biggest complaint with <laughs> New York right now, because there's several, is um, <laughs> just the freaking smell of the weed. Oh, was a, I oh, just, yeah. it was just everywhere. It's constant. Constant, even early in the morning, yeah. um, late at night, in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it was to the point where you would walk through and you couldn't figure out where it was coming from because you weren't near any buildings. You weren't aware. It's like, where are you smoking and blowing this? I, right. I just don't know. Um, but I just, I, I, I keep saying back in the day, we didn't smell that stink. I don't know. It was other stinks, but this on top of all the regular well, smells, yeah. <laughs> just a, a, overpowering, overpowering. <laughs> so, um, but for you all, how was New York? I loved it. I mean, just getting a chance to see you guys face to face as opposed to like phones or, you know, doing the podcast. It was so nice. I'm like, oh, hugs. (laughs) Yeah, because you, of course, were coming from Connecticut and you drove in. Right. Um, You bold woman, you. Oh, my God. Um. (laughs) Shall we talk about how I accidentally turned into the, the bicycle lane? In front of the oh hotel, thinking <laughs> thinking it was like for valet. I was like, yeah, was she, she thought mind. it was valet parking. <laughs> and so she drove down the bike lane in front of the hotel and, and parked the car. Mm, <laughs> it was not good. And I was like, why is no one assisting me? <laughs> <laughs> and then when bikes started passing me and giving me dirty looks, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I moved. 
I'm, it took me a while, but I got out of there. You know, <laughs> we we use the Acela train, um, which is more of a an express. I think it stopped like in Baltimore and then a few stops leading into New York, but. Mm. For the most part, um, it was a quick ride into New York. Um, no delays, no problems. Um, we packed light. And um, the first place we stayed had access to um, a laundry, a laundromat area in the in the building. So we could wash clothes and so on. And I had then I had a fresh set for the second part of New York with Julia. <laughs> right. So that worked. Um, and then because the station was so close, we were able to walk to the station. So um, avoided having to deal with taxis too much. Yeah. Um, but how, what was your take on What do you think, Gabby? New York? <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the, the weed smell was killing you by the end. Because <laughs> um, I do not smoke weed. I <laughs> so don't either. So. For me, it's like... The smell it smells awful, but um, but yeah, it was it was weird because I feel like years ago I I wanted to move to New York and now when I went back I'm like I'm so glad I didn't move to New York. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm <laughs> I love cities, but uh, I'm a city city person. But uh, but yeah, it was like this was great for a visit. <laughs> right. But it was really great. I'm really glad to see Julia <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, I ate a lot of food, a lot of Italian food. Yeah. Got some tiramisu, which is my favorite, like, dessert. Um, I got to watch the, uh, Indiana Jones trilogy for the first time. Oh, yeah. I never watched it. I think we forced (laughs) her. She's being very nice about it. (laughs) Yeah, she had never watched it, so. We were uh, horrified. So we watched that. (laughs) I I watched the fourth one like the Shia LaBeouf one when I was a kid yeah um but that was about it so seeing the original yeah. was cool yeah we had that and whiskey yeah whiskey oh <laughs> I love the whiskey the whiskey part was my um, favorite <laughs> yeah I you know New York comes and goes with how I feel about it um and it's it's I'm not an urban city kind of person so it's not New York specific sometimes I feel just overwhelmed by the people or the sounds or and so on. Um, this time I was, I was kind of more in, in a weird observer mode. I just just kept looking at to people. Maybe because being near the station, you saw a lot of tourists coming in. Mm-hmm. So it was like watching their reactions to New York um, and listening to their conversations. Um, and I saw a lot of... Um, homeless people mm. um and even know, they were smoking weed for, <laughs> yeah but even for the, the reasons for your homeless state i just it just seemed like a lot of older homeless people yeah that i've noticed versus you know younger um folks back in the day mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i don't know if because i'm staying closer to the station that's where they normally stay but it just seemed like when i say older i'm talking about 60 plus yeah. years old and i and then it made me wonder well what happens when you get older and sicker what happens to you does who knows that you're sick and need to go to the hospital or something like that um but i wasn't in fear of them, I mean, some people were clearly um, affected by, 
either mental or substance abuse, substance um, issues. But um, I wasn't. I, I saw people like veering from them in fear, but I, you know, um, it's just, I, I guess it's just a, like I said, I was in observer mode in, in a way and looking at the issues of urban, urban, um, uh, populations and things like that. But I was happy to get on the train and go back home (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the stay. (laughs) And we'll have to catch up with Julia again. Exactly. Um, I mean, New York was a good central point for Mm -hmm. Connecticut and, and Maryland. So, um, maybe a different area perhaps next time. I mean, I love cities. I'm, I'm, a London girl, I love yeah. London. Yeah, um, and but London is even different from New York. London is very different from New York. Yeah, um, and other cities. I've been to Chicago, and that's a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even from New York. Yeah. DC it's, is very it's different. Very unique. Yeah, DC is very different. Yeah, DC is very DC. different. Yeah, very yeah. from all of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> DC is <very> free <laughs> free entrance to yeah. museums, people. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's just, what I miss about mm. DC. You know, going in. Um, you know, Matt used to be like, oh, you have to make a donation. The first time we went, they were like, make a donation. And it's like, well, I can donate 25 cents. I'm not sure what <laughs> the donation means. Um, but this time they had, you bought the ticket. Mm. Yeah. You had, to, mm. you bought the ticket. Like and then if you something. were a New Yorker. Yeah. It was a little cheaper. You could, it's cheaper or free or whatever it was, yeah. but that line was long. Yeah. Um, but DC it's. It's free. Yeah. DC, yes. Come to DC, people. Come to DC. Come to DC. <laughs> the museums are free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all the a couple, federal, all the government federal yeah, museums. Yeah. Are there free. are a couple that you have to pay, like, the spot uh, for the spice, spy, spy museum. Spy museum. Yeah. Spy but that's museum. a private museum. Right. Yeah. The private ones. And, um, but the, the big ones that everyone goes to yeah. are free. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, but that was New York. So just let you know that we hooked up face to face and uh, had a good time. Yeah, so a great time. Now, moving on to the actual topic for the podcast. <laughs> Take it away, Gabby. <laughs> so this week we're talking about some stuff um, that we kind of watched this week. Uh, and I want to talk about it because I just enjoyed what I was watching. Um so wait, which one do you guys want to do first? Um, well, these are movies that have been adapted from books. Yeah, they're like so yeah. they're currently on the TV mm-hmm. um, that you can go and see. Yeah. So the three were um, Annihilation. Annihilation with uh, Natalie Portman yeah. and Oscar Isaac yeah. and Tessa uh, Thompson. Yeah, and then um, the other one was Red, Red White, White, and, and, and Royal, Royal Blue. Blue. It's on Amazon Prime. That was Amazon Prime. It's a adaptation of a romance, yeah. um, male on male uh, romance, and um, that was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix um, uh, because I know it was going somewhere else. Oh, and I it, think well, I saw Red it on Prime. Red, White, and Blue is prime time. Yes, it's their movie. Yeah, yeah. but um, Annihilation. Annihilation was on Netflix. I don't know. I have to check and see. Um, and the third was Reacher, which is the Jack Reacher series by Lee Child. I've read a gazillion of those books. And I finally, finally <laughs> looked at the series on um, Amazon Prime. And that's that's their thing. So it's not going right. away from And they Amazon were also too. some movies 
that were done by Tom Cruise of that same character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is the series versus mm-hmm. uh, the movie. So, so Annihilation is on, still on Netflix. It's okay. on Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime. You can rent it from Google Play, and then it's also on YouTube and YouTube TV. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah. catch up on those if you, if, um, to, yeah, to try it out. And um, hopefully we, despite any, you know, because we do have our opinions, despite opinions, um, all three of those things I would recommend yeah. for folks to Same. watch. So despite any criticisms criticisms we're coming up with now, <laughs> I still recommend right. <laughs> that you watch them. So, so. I guess we'll do Annihilation first. Okay. Um, okay. It is a, so those listening know, it is a sci-fi film, um, psychological, science fiction, slight horror to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the original book was written by Jeff Vandermeer, and it the movie was directed um, and written by Alex Garland. And... Um, it is it's kind of <laughs> I'm trying to there I'm just gonna say now there probably will be spoilers, <laughs> but <laughs> it's um, been out for a while though. but it's cerebral enough that you can watch it and still yeah like, it came what out I in say. 2018 yeah yeah, yeah. um what I, yeah what I say <laughs> may still not spoil it for you um it was yeah it's about basically there is a alien invasion or something lands on earth and natalie portman's character who's the main protagonist um she's a biologist uh in the film she's a biologist for cancer cells um and and she is her husband comes back um, he was off on a special mission because he's military. She's ex-military, and he went into this this place where the alien is, and he came back, but he's not the same, and he's dying. So she's going in to kind of like figure out what's wrong with him and figure out what the thing is, and um, and yeah, it's kind of it's kind of that is pretty much the 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 overall plot. <laughs> yes, to the story, yeah. Um, but I, in terms of, I'll first do spoiler free stuff and then I will tell you when the spoilers are coming. (laughs) But, uh, in terms of production, visually, it was a pretty film. It was like, it reminded me a little bit of, it's like beautiful horror, Mm -hmm. almost like a Tim Burton, not quite like that, but in terms of just beautiful horror. Yeah. Cause the world the world that is described is colorful. Yeah. Mm. And it has, is like an iridescent, yeah. colorful stuff. And things are like mutated, but, and even though you're looking at this horrific mutation happening, it's still somehow pretty. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the special effects are fantastic in this film. Oh my gosh. Really, really good. Um, the acting. The acting was really good. I mm-hmm. think everyone was quite muted, but I think that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very psychological. Um, 
I feel like I don't mind psychological sci-fi or even psychological horror. Um, but this one was definitely one of those where it wasn't as hard on the science as some other sci-fi movies. Yeah. Um, sometimes they did not explain everything. Like some movies might go out of its way to try to explain the biology mm-hmm. of what's happening, what you're looking at. And this one didn't always explain what was happening. Um, and which I think, at least for me, I personally, like I said, I personally like a little bit more explanation in the hard science. And I found the signs of it in itself was an interesting. So I kind of wish they went into it, but it was more psychological and about grief. And uh, the main themes throughout the film and the story was self-destruction. The idea that we as people um, do things that... Like, we um, sabotage ourselves. Even when things are fine, humans uh, inevitably sabotage themselves. So it was a, it was definitely a, a theme of self-destruction throughout, um, which I guess for the film-wise, that was the theme. I guess in, when I was... I watched it a couple of times by this point and kind of like rewatching it. I was like, hmm, I wouldn't say that humans are, have a propensity to self-destruction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, individually. I guess it goes with a dystopian sort of view, which yeah. is what this book yeah. was setting. Very was set. S- uh, s- was it cynicism? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as Vandermeer, who's the author, his, his genre um, includes speculative fiction fantasy, metafiction, horror, science fiction, and what's called weird fiction. And there's a literary movement called New Weird, and <laughs> I presume that's where he, this falls, he's, right? he, yeah. he falls. And yeah. so... I think New Weird is like a branch off of cosmic horror. The cosmic horror, yeah. yeah. Because I read him... I read one of his books called Born, B-O-R-N-E, in... It was published in 2017, and it was the weirdest, scariest, visually effective horror. Wow. <laughs> it's like all those things that I just said that he's part of. Um, and you are, he does leave you to figure out people's psychology in these stressful types of situations faced with fantastical beasts. And so with Annihilation, you are in a, in a sort of constricted environment called area X or, um, Mm -hmm. where these, where this stuff is, um, is happening and they have sent people in there um, teams of people over time. So this this group with Natalie Portman isn't the first group to go in. Right. And so it's a very... Um, uh, it's a set, bordered area. And in there is all these things that they're seeing that don't make sense um, and... Defies like, nature. Yeah. Creatures mixing with other creatures. Yeah. We have like a, like a Cronenberg, mm-hmm. like monsters. <laughs> yeah. They're like a, um, an exploratory uh, teams, right? Yeah. 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 And. 
And plants that are melded yeah, together. Yeah, melding together, plants that don't belong together or together. Um, so that was probably the science-y part that I really liked that yeah. I just was interesting. Um, especially if, if uh, like, I was when I was reading about it after I watched the film, um, there's a guy I watch on YouTube who, he's a biologist, and he was like talking about it a bit and it was just interesting on a biological standpoint like <laughs> if this were to happen in real life how would this work <laughs> and right. so that was definitely very interesting the sci- the hard science of it um very like I said a bit cosmic horror-y in that the alien itself uh was kind of um it wasn't malevolent you know, yeah. it wasn't evil. Right. Now, by the way, the alien is not, um, it's not a separate entity that you're looking at. No. You know, um, like a humanoid. <laughs> yes, yeah, a humanoid. It is a, it's, it's. <laughs> How do you explain Trying that? Trying to describe what this thing looks like. Right. It is like a ball that is caving on itself, but also making itself. It is, <laughs> I don't know how to describe what I saw. <laughs> it's, it is formless, I guess, right. would be. It's, it's And it could be energy. Yeah, it's like almost it's pure energy. It's omnipresent, right? It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the kind of the thing is it's not like, like a xenomorph in the alien movies. No. It's not right. something. <laughs> so it's like, does it have a an agenda? Yeah. Or is, is it, just it just doing there? what it does? Right. right. Is it yeah. just existing? Yeah. Right. But that its existence qu- is harmful. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so they're changing when they get into this area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Changing in their personalities, possibly. Yeah. Um, and, um, even in the perception of the world of how they see it might be affected. Mm-hmm. And the book is from one person's point of view. And you, for me, I read, I read, started reading Annihilation and it's a trilogy, by the way. Um, and, and, and the movie only focuses on the almost like the first book right right yeah. the second the second and third book weren't written when they started doing the movie oh. and but parts i think parts of the ending matches what the like author ended up right i love when ended that up writing yeah i don't know i'm gonna read it and see if that is actually true but um <laughs> but it's um but yeah, so the book is is more from the biologist Natalie Portman's point of view. But for me, I'm not sure that she's telling me the truth. I'm not sure that she's not compromised. Well, that she's um, evolved, right? Because everything's based on changing the in the environment. And, right. And yeah. in the book, which I'm not sure it was in the movie, The Spores. No, that was right. Uh, so in the book, the spores she it, there she sees some plants that she's examining, and the sp- and tiny spores go into her nose, and that sets off a set of things. But you don't know if it actually did affect her or just walking into this area X already had affected her. Like no matter what, she was going to be affected. That's like where I am in the story mm-hmm. of um, it's not clear. Yeah. The I guess 
the movie. Um, I guess it's told. I mean, of course, movie's the third person, but I guess it's her. Like, it does the camera doesn't go off of her character? Right. So when she's not in the room, you're not in the room, you know, <laughs> seeing what other characters are talking about. So it definitely follows her the entire time in her mindset. Um, but definitely when she walks into the area. Uh, okay, so this is where we're getting to spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Before I continue, spoilers, if you want to watch this movie, pause this podcast, go watch the movie, come back. Okay. Um, and we'll probably have spoilers for the next good five to ten minutes. But, okay, so when she walks but, into... But, but but listen, the, po- the, the spoilers aren't really going to spoil They're not the really spoiling anything. Because <laughs> there's so much to talk about yeah, this, yeah. this movie. Even and if even. I told you every little thing that happened, you would right. still have to watch it. Right. It's Because it's, I don't think anybody has the... Definitive explanation exactly. for everything that happened. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of whole bunch. talk on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. A People lot are talking of about it online about like what their own interpretation right. is. And, and some theories I don't even Because I was like, with. oh my gosh, how are we going to explain this? <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. So I was like, Gabby knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so spoilers, but you still watch it even if you were spoiled. You're, you'll be fine. Um. Okay, so when she walks into the, I'm going to call it the Shimmer, because that's what I've been calling it. And uh, when she walks into, which is what the, the alien's occupying, it, it landed on a lighthouse, made a, some um, energy came off of it. And now the energy is, is kind of expanding from where the, the alien landed. So it has this shimmery effect all over everything which is why I've been calling it in the shimmer in my head. So when they walk in the group with Natalie Portman's group, immediately they forget, like they wake up at a campsite. They don't remember how they even got to the campsite. And based on how much they've eaten, they realize they've been in there for at least a couple days. Meanwhile, at the very beginning of the film, when they're interviewing her, because it's almost... um she's being interrogated because she made it out of the shimmer. And this is a re almost like a recollection. And the scientist is like, you guys have been in there for four months and you have food for two weeks. (laughs) And by the time we, when they get into the shimmer, by the time we get to them, it's been several days and they don't even remember how they got there. So (laughs) that shows you how much time, (laughs) Uh, is passing and how it's passing. Um, so, but yeah, and everything I noticed with the camera lens in terms of production, when she's outside of the shimmer in the regular world, the camera, everything is normal camera focused. But when, um, uh, when it's in, when they're in the shimmer, it's like an extreme shallow depth of field. I noticed oh. that like everything in the foreground is extremely in focus and everything in the background is extremely out of focus. I noticed that. And in the book, that is a deliberate, it, mm. it's a, it is an effect mm. of this mm. foreign oh. thing. Yeah. Um, and then everything also has this, like, sometimes the light will hit the camera and it almost, you know, how when light hits a prism, it, it, separates mm-hmm. like the light <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes the camera will have like little rainbows at the side the light being 
almost refracted and that was kind of cool but um yeah as they're walking around they're seeing plants that are mixed in with other plants that should be mixed together um and Natalie Portman's character remarks that for her it reminds her of like cancer and in the movie she's a cancer scientist um which is what I interpreted the entire thing to me (laughs) when I watched it. I thought of it as like space cancer. Right. Because the way it was spreading, it's like uncontrollable. It's happening on a microscopic level, like by the cell. Um, And it doesn't know like when to stop. But it's not necessarily evil. It's just it's doing the thing that it thinks it's supposed to do. And, um, but you see that with, uh, they're attacked by a, alligator but an alligator with shark teeth mm-hmm. <laughs> like an albino alligator with shark teeth <laughs> and although i would say sometimes the actions of the characters was kind of annoying because yeah. um like natalie portman's character she's supposed to be ex-military and but there's at one point where someone like uh, tessa thompson's character character gets pulled into the water <laughs> Like when my mom was telling me, it's like they all run into the water to help her. And it's yeah. like, we don't even know what grabbed her. Right. <laughs> Why are you running into the water? Right. The whole team <laughs> ran into the water. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie gives the gives the impression of these kind of inexperienced people. But in the book, they do train. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The movie makes them feel inexperienced, except for Natalie's character, who's the right. only military trained out of the group, which in my head was weird because I'm like, why wouldn't you have other people who are military right, trained? Yeah, especially going into this X biosphere where yeah. you don't know what's happening. Right. And um but yeah, they're able to kill the alligator shark and um <laughs> and uh they look at his teeth and they realize that it has rows of teeth like a shark. And so they're like, that's weird, but they keep going. <laughs> um and then later they're in a facility and this is one part of the movie that kind of annoyed me um, a bit. They're at a facility, which used to be the old uh, science facility that this place is, the, the scientists that are checking out. Um, it's abandoned because the energy field around the alien has been getting bigger over time. Mm. Been exp- infinitely expanding so this is the old one before it expanded so it's abandoned it's empty but they decide like to stay there for the night so they find a camera with um a memory card in it and in the it has a video for the people who were to come after which is them and they find the soldiers that were there before them which her husband was a part of um there's one guy kind of in a chair and they cut him open he's alive as they cut him open and his intestines are moving now one of the women (laughs) in this group (laughs) who's watching the video she's like panicky a little bit but she is a paramedic (laughs) and which was because it's like she was the least calm and i'm like paramedics tend to be pretty calm because they have to especially with emergency situations yeah Yeah. (laughs) and she um and she's like, that's not real. It's the flicker of the light. His, his intestines were moving sideways. <laughs> I don't know how that's a flicker of the light. 
Yeah, she was she was the nervous, um, insecure one. And yeah. in the book, in in the movie, each person has a job. So yeah. you, so Natalie Portman is the biologist, and um, I can't remember her name. The other actress is a psychologist. Yeah. And, um, Ali Sheehy, I think, and uh, the the Tessa Thompson. Yeah, was, she's a uh, anthropologist. I think it's anthropologist, anthropologist. something, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and then there's some. So they all have jobs that yeah, roles. they yep. are yeah, yeah. from their outside world that's supposed to help with when they're in there. But in the movie, this one was just like useless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because she's supposed to be a paramedic, <laughs> and and like I said, the. But you don't know if the if the environment yeah, is affecting, affecting her, her yeah, because yeah, true. You know. yeah, it's it may be heightening her fears, Weird, right? So that's also it too. But yeah, it's like they like like I said, they see the video of the guy being cut open and his intestines are moving, like I said, but sideways, and they're literally holding his intestines out and they're moving in their hands, mm-hmm. and she's like the flicker of the light, and I'm like, <laughs> how is that a flicker of the light? <laughs> Now in the book, um, after also after you see the shark alligator, right. would you think something is weird with this? Yeah, place? It's, it's wrong, like really wrong. Now in the book, those jobs that they had do have a, a direct value to what they're doing. So there's a psychologist, like I said, there's a biologist, there's anthropologist, um, there's a linguist, um, and uh, I think I, I have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, you know what I biologist, mean? anthropologist, linguist who was who is um, a surveyor, a psychologist, and she's the leader. And the psychologist <clears throat> uses hip hypnosis throughout the thing on her team. So it, it that doesn't really come out too much in the movie no 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 no. right i don't recall that so again i don't know in in the book they're they're being told like if you see something this is what you're going to be seeing or or to think that this is what you're seeing so in the movie it would if they had used the hypnosis um element then it would make sense she would say it was a trick of the light. Yeah. Because that's what yeah. they would have said in the book. Yeah. <laughs> but in the thing, the I don't even think the psychologist, the leader, she doesn't even say anything. She no. just yeah. stands there well, she and was, watching as well. She wasn't a leader in the movie. No. No. In the movie, she was no. more just like, I'm taking you with me. It felt right. like that. But, <laughs> but she was very much on her own yeah. agenda. And yeah. So the guy, the guy did not adapt the book. It wasn't a one to one. A one to one, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> it was he took more the elements and yeah, and kind it's like of the idea and maybe the themes. Right now, he uh, did it with the approval of the author. Yeah, the author approved. It. So it. it wasn't like he went rogue. He, no, yeah. like M Night Shyamalan. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he do? <laughs> uh, He's done several things. Yeah, but <laughs> I know it was. Um, I forgot what book he did and it was just not well he did um at least tv show wise he did avatar the last airbender and oh, that was awful said that. yeah that was oh awful. but that was, okay. <laughs> that was oh, bad that was bad, <laughs> bad, bad but bad, bad. but yeah um for annihilation though the um oh yeah they, after they see the video of the guy being cut up they go further into the facility and they find where his body is and his body is now like 
a giant mushroom on the wall. Oh yeah, and right. and and still the 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 what's her name the the one who's the paramedic is still kind of in denial, <laughs> and I'm like I <laughs> like <laughs> because oh yeah because she's like oh the soldiers that were in the video they're like oh they all went crazy and they killed each other and that's what happened that's what her was her explanation mm-hmm. which to me is insane because the husband's team they're like special soldiers they're like um what's it called what are like, the navy, navy seals mm-hmm. they're right. like that level mm-hmm. they don't just go crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's like right. not that they can't in real life but it's just one of those where like there takes a lot more than just <laughs> you know right than just a few things in this place to make them go crazy. Um, so, yes, yeah, no, it's definitely, it was like, they're supposed to be highly trained and quite formidable <laughs> mentally. <laughs> and and also, I didn't get in the movie, the the Natalie Portman's character hides the fact that it's her husband, is the one who cuts up the guy in the video. Mm-hmm. And, and the psychologist is like, oh, that was probably a good idea. And I was like, but I didn't get that because I'm like, if... Like, in, again, in real life, I'm like, I'm not judging the mentality of, of a wife's, like, um, of a soldier's wife. Like, if the soldier does something, I'm not thinking, oh, the wife is also. <laughs> like, that's right, not, I don't right. put those two together mm-hmm. in my head. Right. They're two separate people. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit weird in the film. I didn't understand that too much. Um, but, yeah, when they're at the facility, they're attacked by this bear creature and it pulls them away. Um, and it pulls one of the women away, sorry. And she ends up dying. Um, but the bear comes back, uh, later, which is such a cool scene. (laughs) That's probably my favorite scene in the entire film. I thought it was so cool. So creepy. It was probably the creepiest scene out out of the entire film. Um, because the, what's uh, the paramedic, her name is Anya. Uh, she goes crazy and starts interrogating. She ties everyone up right? <laughs> and it starts interrogating uh, them. And she's freaking out because her fingers are moving, like her fingertips are moving and she's not moving them and stuff like that. So they're physically being changed by the, the organism. Um, and they're changing like the soldiers did and how the alligator did. And so, but she says, she's like, well, we didn't see the other woman get taken by a bear. She's like, it was too dark. You could be lying. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, you heard a growl. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then she hears the woman's voice say, help me. Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, yeah, it was help mm-hmm. me. And she goes out to help and the, it's the bear. Because the bear now can talk a little bit <laughs> because it ate someone. <laughs> it ate her. Obviously. It's like. <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> when they find her body, her throat is missing, or part of her throat is missing. And basically it absorbed her voice box. So when she when the bear like um makes a sound, it's like the last words that the woman made, which was help me. And so that was a creepy scene. That was That's a cool creepy. scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Visually crazy. Yeah. But also if I heard anything in that forest that said help me i'm not going to help yeah i'm not checking to see what that was the the beauty of the writing for vandermeer is that he's able to put all of this in words and 
still capture that creepiness and the beauty of it too and the horror of it and so when i read it um it's easy reading it is not it's this because this sounds like a complicated thing (laughs) and and it and it is but there is a fantastical element to it and um I want to say he was in an interview and he said that um, he says the main focus of this story, this series was twofold to explore our relationship to nature and to explore how people react when facing what appears to be the utterly unknowable. Um, he says there's usually two types of exp- expeditions and it comes about because to many nature is the unknown in some way. And for others, unknowable because we think we know it all already when we actually yeah. just only know a cusp of what is happening. Um, and he talks a little bit about some of us think of nature as their to be exploited and others think of us as being stewards of something more primitive than we are. Still others are enwrapped by talking mice in movies and think animals actually might act that way or enamored of the romanticism of animals in folk tales. Whereas in fact, we live on an alien planet filled with incredibly sophisticated organisms that we only partially understand. The fact that we only know now that plants engage in quantum mechanics during photosynthesis or that sunfish and the albatross have a complex symbiotic relationship shows that our so-called smartphones and other advanced technology is incredibly dull and primitive next to the diversity and intensity of other life on Earth. So, whereas a lot of weird science fiction seems to be about nature as this threatening other, he wants to explore something else. And just to add that the world of the Annihilation was a... He he, he was inspired by his 14-mile hike that he had done for almost 20 years at the St. Mark's Wildlife Refuge in North Florida. Um, he says it's a landscape and a series of transitional ecosystems that have enchanted, fascinated, and at times scared him. He says, I've seen a Florida panther in the place and turned a corner right into the gaze of a bobcat. He's been charged by a wild boar, seen dolphins swimming up the brackish marsh canals at high tide, and had to jump over an alligator on a raised path with water on either side. It's a place where you need to live in the moment and yet can also, by doing so, be transported deep into memory and catharsis. So. Wow. Basically, yeah. Um, so he brought all that into the world yeah. of Annihilation. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah. So, And I think visually in the film, it... Yeah. It's, it honored his vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, sometimes like like what a character does might be a little annoying or confusing. Um, but the movie is confusing overall. Right. <laughs> and, but I would recommend seeing despite, like I said, I gave some spoilers, but I'm not spoiling the ending. Mm-hmm. Not that even if I did your own interpretation, yeah. you'll just was, have more I, questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
go watch Annihilation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you wanted to add more, mm-hmm. I just right. want to read so the book. The the <laughs> the other one um, is Jack Reacher. Like I said, it's a character in the Reacher series by Lee Child, and it's a, a, a ongoing series. And I think now his son co-writes with him. Um, and this has been a popular series on Amazon Prime. And it's just been in my watch list for a while. So I finally watched it. Um, the the actor and the cast, um, they may be familiar to you. I don't know them. <laughs> um, but it, it kind, they kind of grew on me because... Lee, the Jack Reacher is this tall guy who stands out. He's, I'd say he's the urban cowboy in the sense that that's the archetype where he comes into a small town. He recognizes um, the crime because of his background as a military police. Um, He's no longer in the military, but he's got a special set of skills and (laughs) he, he um, hates bullies and he will do whatever it takes. He will inter- he he will interrupt something that's going down where he sees that somebody vulnerable will get hurt and he will put himself out there to save them. So he's in the God complex throughout his um all the series. Um but you know, good at heart and so on. In the series they give a little more about his background. Um, it is a, the, this particular season one is from one of the books that they, you know, for the episodic, um, rollout. I thought the plot was good. I thought they did a complete arc so that you, of each episode so that you would want to continue, um, uh, going on with it. He, the actor, um, and I'll, try to look it up or if one of you could look it up for me, please to Mm -hmm. give his, give him his shout out. He's a big guy, um, muscular and bulky. And to me, Jack was more of a lean sort of type, like a Clint Eastwood physique to me, but this one, he's more bulky and, you know, about six, five and so on. But it works after a while. You're like, okay, whatever. I'm okay. I, I don't get hung up in that way. People did with, Tom Cruise doing it. I thought Tom Cruise did a good job with the movies, too. Oh, it's Alan Richson. Okay. I know he's been, I think, in Teenage Mutant um, Turtles or whatever the things are. Um, And so he, he, like I said, he saves the day. There's there's criminality going on, crime going on in, in the small town, but it's a big crime. But he and a team of people... Um, who joins on it's it's very much like a fantasy trope where you are the reluctant hero and then you gather your team and then you all go in and um, take care of business Uh, wonderfully done I mean um, there's twists and turns and all of that Um, and at the very last episode uh, Lee Child walks through, and I was no, like, "Oh my gosh, really?" Oh, <laughs> because I recognize cool. him, um, and he he kind of bumps into Jack Reacher, and he's like, "Oh, excuse me," <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, that's Lee Child," because <laughs> 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 Lee Child looks like 
Reacher. He's he's. I feel like he's written himself into the story. Right. But um, he matches uh, Jack Reacher. But it's a it's a it's a good series if you're just looking for um, like action adventure, but not some of the lines are corny, and but it's fine. Um, yeah. It works. It's fine. It. I forget that it's a like a TV series or like a mature audience thing until, you know, somebody shows a naked body and then I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) because it it feels like a like a TV series in the sense that something you'd see on like CBS, NBC or whatever at night. And but, you know, they throw in a bit of skin um, for it, which isn't necessary, but, you know, it's Hollywood. So, yeah that's in there but it's not it's not gratuitous it's not in the sense that it's not frequent it's not stupidly frequent or anything like that um it naturally happens when it happens uh the the lines between the characters are great he's got um the 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 detective um or the police officer or whatever in the show he was in breakout kings and he it's like He's the opposite to Jack Reacher, and the lines are funny. It's like it's like laugh out loud funny because they are always butting heads, but they grudgingly respect each other. And then, of course, at the end, it's like okay, um, but they're complete opposites. And and the guy is 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 shorter than than um, Jack, and even that, even the height and stuff they play off of each other with that. Uh, so that's Jack Reacher. So last one is red, hot, red, white, and blue. Red, red white, and <laughs> we have royal. a restaurant called red, hot, and blue. It's oh. a barbecue place. So every time I see it, I call it red, hot, and blue, but it's uh, yeah. Red, white, and royal blue. Yeah. And that's on prime. It's a prime movie. Mm-hmm. So it will forever be on prime. Um, but I loved it. It was a it's a romance, male and male romance about the uh president's son and the second in line prince of England. <laughs> not the real people. Um <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> not the, yeah, not the not the Although real ones. some names were curiously Similar. close to the close. Yeah. very, very close. <laughs> to the real royal. Very <laughs> I mean, you had Beatrice, Philip. Yeah. I know. I um, was like, wait, Henry. what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the main characters are um, Alex, who is the president's son, and Henry, who is Prince of England, but he's the spare. He's the second son. And, yeah, it's their, basically their romance. Kind of enemies to lovers, although the enemies part is quite short. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's but yeah it's it's oh dislikes each other two lovers oh the but meet yeah. cute was well they met before but when they yeah. initially get like really to know each other <laughs> yeah that was so funny but so funny. i i loved it i i watched it uh probably early this week um, because I kept seeing commercials for it over right. last like month and I was like, oh, I'll watch it. But later, but I thought it was like just a 
silly drama or something. Yes. And I didn't even know it was a romance. So I was like, I'm not watching this. Who are right. these two random dudes? Why right. would I watch, like, drama between <laughs> two guys? <laughs> and so, I yeah, I just thought it was, like, a comedy drama or something like that. And I was like, eh, no. And because in the commercial they kept mentioning that, you know, like, the president's son, I was like, oh, it's, like, a political drama. I'm like, oh, definitely not. Yes. So I was like, no. And then... I kept seeing clips on my Instagram popping up, and I'm like, okay, this is not quite what I thought this would be. This right. looks like a romance. <laughs> so by the time I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so sweet. It and is so cute. It's such a sweet movie. Um, very feel-good uh, rom-com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very and... strong characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read the book first, and I didn't read okay. all of it because I knew and it, it's a newly – release book isn't it because i hadn't seen it no it came out in two, 2016 i think oh my god are uh, you kidding okay or it came All out right. in um i thought it was 20 it was it am i no because it was around the election oh. it, it came out in, oh, in 2019 she started 19? writing it in 20 okay. okay she she started writing 2016 after okay. the, the e- election yeah the oh, okay Hillary. she figured the world needed a um feel good uh, after yeah. that yeah oh, God, yes. <laughs> um yes no i was super cute and so i read like half the book it was so well done with the character interactions just the very strong characters in general the sister the best friend you know his mom and the mm-hmm. fact that Alex is like half Mexican and trying to kind of, I don't know. He felt like uh, he was comparing himself to Henry. Meanwhile, he's always been obsessed with like Henry since he was little. You know what I mean? Since he was mm-hmm. younger, yeah. I should say. And him not quite knowing who he was either and kind of learning about himself. It was just so cute. It was so cute. And I think the the movie... Uh, pays tribute to the way the author set things up. It's not exactly the same, right? but yeah. enough and the same vibe yeah. to be able to, you know, honor yeah. the author's work and, and what she meant. So, yeah. Because they use, a, they use some of the dialogue that they the did. author used um, yeah. with, with a few tweaks, yeah. but, but, but the same kind of witty, back and forth that yeah. she had they had in the movie it reminded me of something I'm on about like veep which is yeah. like yes, an hbo yes. show with mm-hmm. um i forgot who the actress's name um uh, louis dreyfus julia yeah um, julia louis julia. dreyfus yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um which i loved that show but uh it very much when when the author said that she was inspired by that which the show was at its height when around Oh, this in 2016, yeah. 2015, mm-hmm. 2016. So, uh, about the same time frame, <laughs> which makes sense because there was actually one scene towards the end of the film that I was like, "Oh my god, this is very much Veep." <laughs> yeah, Veep, Veep was on HBO. Yeah, it was HBO. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think it's still, still there. there. Yeah, it's yeah. still there. You can still watch it. Um, and still a very good show. <laughs> um, I loved the actors. I thought the actors they picked the cast was great. alex has the longest eyelashes oh my god i don't know why guys have long eyelashes i think it's just gorgeous yeah he does pro he does a profile shot and his eyelashes yeah. are just like out and curved up and <laughs> and the camera person must love his eyes too because mm-hmm. yeah he has some great close-up shots yeah and his eyes are just like like mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And then the entire time I was looking at Henry, the actor, his lips. Yeah, Henry. He Henry's feature lips. is full lips. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he did not have the British pinched lips. He's no. got some full lips. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> whatever whatever was he scandinavian no he's uh um, russian i think russian oh okay, really maybe russian's okay. got good lips i don't know yeah i guess but yeah but that was his feature and the other one had good eyes mm. <laughs> or good eye eyelashes yeah, good eyes. <laughs> well he has like big eyes too yeah so it's like yeah but yeah no it was it was really good um the chemistry's good because i was when i'm talking about this i'm like how do actors have chemistry immediately? Because right. you can tell when chem- actors don't like each other. Oh, so yeah. this is not one of those moments. No, <laughs> no they were really good together. And it's, it, it's so good that when you're done, you wish it was there real. was something else with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Exactly. Because they were so funny. And to me, they were older than the characters in the book. Like in the book, they Alex came across kind of young. Youngish. Yeah. Young, yes. Um, and like college age, college age, but a little more like, like immature mm. drama yeah. mm. type, drama yeah. filled. And yeah. in, in this, the, in the movie, they gave him more of um, maybe like a 23, 24. year right, old. early twenties. But they, it was it, it was more of a mature, yeah, yeah, side to their issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know in. The, the beat, the romance beat, in in um, that sometimes people use because everybody writes a different way. Is they call what is a, it's a W. If you think of the mm-hmm. the the letter W, the romance starts in a high note, and then you'll get um, something that may go wrong, a little mm-hmm. something that goes wrong, and then they come up to the middle of the W, mm-hmm. and that's like mid story, and everything's clicking. And it Something seems goes. like their worlds are a good fit. Right. And then you come down with the, you know, really dark stuff and then you come back up. Yeah. And so that's the rhythm of a, of a romance um, story. And what I find sometimes my criticism of uh, romance books sometimes is that some of the issues and conflicts that are supposed to break the people apart aren't that deep. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's like annoying if, when they're trying to make something yeah. superficial right. be the thing that be is big, going to yeah. break them right. apart. If it could be solved with just a phone call or a conversation, right. you're in trouble. <laughs> right. right. As, especially yeah. when, like, most romances, at least that I've seen, is they're adults, adult adults. These aren't, like, the... This isn't like the teen romance, like Twilight, where everyone is supposed to be angsty, but everyone's, like, 17 years old. These are, like, 30 years old, and then you're angsty. Mm-hmm. And that's annoying because yeah. it's kind of like yeah. no thirty-year-old is going to act like this or have this it's type like, of conversation. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So this felt refreshing. It was refreshing that everyone yeah. acted mature yeah. and acted like realistic and not right. too, uh, like like an eighteen-year-old but in a twenty-year-old's body. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It wasn't one of those moments. <laughs> so when they had their big fallout um, midway, and and Julia, I mean, I'm talking about. Um, after they go off together and mm-hmm. he, Alex is telling him his feelings, yeah. Henry, Prince Henry, telling Prince Henry his feelings and Prince Henry dives off the platform um, because he doesn't want to hear it. Right. Um, right. And for obvious reasons and so on. But, but that 
Yeah. What leads up to that and the reason why we were given legit reasons why Henry, Prince Henry, wouldn't want a relationship like that. You know, we were... And like why he can't have have one. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then for Alex, we are given why he's... Because he's idealistic. He's he's the, I'm going to fix it. You know, he's the fixer in his mom's campaign. Yeah. Um, And so that when you get the dark moments, it's a legit dark moment. Yeah. It's not something that can be solved with a phone call. With a phone call. (laughs) With a phone call. It's like, let's talk it out. And, And I loved... The maturity of the that yeah. in 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 the um, in the movie, I I, I yeah. appreciated it. I mean, there's a line in probably midway of the film where Henry and Alex are talking at like in Paris mm-hmm. when they're in the garden, and Henry's kind of like Henry Prince Henry belongs to England, mm-hmm. like he's or Britain. I forget what he said exactly, but. Yeah, it was like, it, like he does not belong to himself. Like you are a prop for, yeah, basically your family and for your government, yeah. and that is just that is what he has to live with. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a real like, yeah, that's so when they have their big blow up, as you know, towards the end, it like it's it's a reasonable thing of why, like you said, he wouldn't want mm-hmm. a long term right. relationship because he can't have one. Yeah. Because right. that's not what he's supposed to. You you're not born to have fun. Right, <laughs> you're not exactly. born to live. Yeah. yeah. You are a puppet That's not your <laughs> until you die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think at the time of this movie coming out this year, and you have the actual Prince Harry and his his life um being forever analyzed and torn apart and and so on you understand the reality is it's like I, I was telling Gabby that we, the audience, because they're living this mm-hmm. right now through, you know, with what's going on, you can fill in the blanks. Like you don't have to be spoon fed every part of, uh, of uh, Prince Henry's life because the right. story is told from Alex. Right. So you don't have to know every single part of Prince yeah. Henry's life right. because we we are observers of what's yeah. what it takes yeah. for yeah. a royal to yeah. not do what everybody's expecting yeah. him or her to do. I mean, yeah. it's funny that you're saying that because when I <laughs> when I first started reading the book, I was like, "How in the world is mm-hmm. this going to be?" Resolve like it was very yeah. brave of her to even choose these two, right. like her characters and and the placement in the in their lives to try to make, you know, yeah. something work. It was yeah. 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 So well, we thought we we also thought that some things were very fantastical, like yeah, like, like, like her, <laughs> like, the the, like the mother winning <laughs> no, the de- the Texas yeah. well, I, election. I, I, suddenly, they were blue. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. was blue. I was like, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the dream. Yeah, I was like the the female president, the Democratic female president, with a bi son. Right. Who's dating the prince right. is somehow going to flip Texas. Right. They, 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 he just figured out how to flip Texas. And then, and then for Prince Henry, you know, you've got Liverpool and Manchester 
cheering outside Buckingham Palace yeah. with their pride flags. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that they, the Manchester, they it's big, not about like, Manchester. LGBT, yeah, it's more, they're it's not more pro-royal. Them, they're not pro-royal. <laughs> yeah, so right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A lot of magic was in that book, right? Right. So, so when you say it's when, when the author said, you know, she wants to write a, a, a feel good escape, yeah. so I was like, yeah, you did. You yeah, did. it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you are into reading the romance of it, it like I said, it's by um, Good Grief. Where is her name? It's K- Casey, right? One second. Yeah, here it is. Casey McQuiston. So M-C-Q-U-I-S-T-O-N. And first name is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. And it's red, white, and royal blue. It was a New York Times bestseller. It's like it's a hit right away. Yeah. And it was her Um, debut book. Can you imagine that, people? Oh, my God. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) I would say that I know some people were saying that they didn't like how it wasn't a one-to-one to the book. Yeah. Um. And some people are like, oh, it should have been TV show and stuff. But I hate when stories go on too long. Yeah. And hate when, like, I do like it when an adaptation is close to the original source material. Exactly. But at the same time, I'm very aware of the two different mediums. Right. So something is not, like, a thing to enjoy in, like, a TV show or a movie. It's like the book books draw, draw out things that wouldn't look good in a TV show or a movie. Right. It just it just naturally happens. Depends, <laughs> yeah. right. So or there's side stories that you can talk about in a book that you can't really talk about in a TV show or right. a movie because or does it doesn't translate. Like, yeah. It doesn't translate. Well. It's a waste of time. And nobody it's, cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. Plot. <laughs> right. Well, nobody cares. <laughs> Casey is welcome anytime she would like to <laughs> pop onto this podcast <laughs> and uh she can chat about her book slash movie. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, she did. She did a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job. The yeah. director did a fantastic job. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was shot people. very well. Good God, the editing. Yeah. Is fantastic. Yeah. And Stephen Fry is the king. Oh yeah, he's the king. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, Henry also has long eyelashes. He turned two, and it was like quite yeah, long. Yeah. Like. So <laughs> the um, and they had the Maddow. Rachel Maddow and oh, yeah. uh, oh, Joey that was Reed so from funny, right? MSNBC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were, they're TV uh, news people in, at, the US. Uh, in the U.S. And they got a part playing um, themselves. themselves right? <laughs> play, yeah, playing themselves um, in the thing. So it was all great. It yeah, was that all was fun. great. That was great. Um, Highly feel recommend. Good stuff. So that is on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. So that's the three yeah. uh, books to movie TV adaptations that we um, looked at and recommend all three to you. Yes. And, I mean, those are three different genres. So yeah. there's yes, something for everybody. Yeah. A romance, a, a science fiction, horror, and... Uh, uh, action. Crime action, crime thing. action, thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. So we'll move on to Julia's Corner. Sit back and relax and welcome to Julia's Corner. Today we're going to talk about how to be more decisive, eight tips to overcome choice anxiety, which I've never heard it called that before. It's not a choice. <laughs> but anyway, I found this article on betterup.com and it was written by Elizabeth Perry just recently, um, August 23rd, uh, 2023. And it's actually a really good article. It goes into, um, 
anxiety and there's a lot of explanations for it. Um, basically, you know, there's a lot of mental fatigue that we're going through, a lot mm. of brain fog and, it, you know, having to do with like COVID or situational things that everyone's going through and everything. So I really, <laughs> I really liked how she started everything off and she goes into, you know, why it's important to be decisive. And I'm like, well, I know why it's important. (laughs) So so I skipped that part. (laughs) And I just wanted to know how to deal with it. And she goes into how to deal with indecision daily. So her first recommendation is, you know, using a journal, kind of putting things down that are happening to you, asking these questions, you know, if a decision was easy to make, um, Which ones were the hardest that you had to make that day? Were you under pressure? Um, Are other people's opinion a factor in when you make decisions? Uh, Do you fret or worry over possible outcomes? And what's the worst case scenario for a decision you made that would Mm -hmm. go bad? So what would you consider journaling to kind of figure out your process? Um, I'm too lazy to journal, but when I do have something, um, when I do have a big decision to make, I will write down the pros and cons. Um, and then I kind of focus on the cons. Um, and I like to, I like to think about worst case scenarios because when I do that, um, most times the consequence of the worst case Mm-hmm. isn't as bad as it it may mean that something can't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it may mean that I have to do something else to to start it. Like I, I like you can't go from here to there. Right. You got to take a couple more steps before you get to that point. So it breaks down what I need to focus on. Um, oh, got you. And I've learned to. Like if I'm really anxious, I learn to look at timelines too, because because it's great to think, oh, it's not that important, or it is very important. But if there's a timeline involved, you can't right. dismiss it. You can't pretend right. that it doesn't exist, like or that you don't have to be worried about it, or right. you know, you do your woo woo talk to <laughs> get past that. You know, so it's like. Is money involved? Is is um, is a, a hard deadline involved? Are other people involved? Because if somebody's depending on you, you've, you 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 got to take that into consideration too. And even if it's the anxious part, but right, I feel like if it's causing the anxiety, then I could maybe talk to the person and say, "Look, I can't do it now. Right? Do you mind if I do it in two weeks, a month, whatever?" Right to alleviate that stress. Right. Um, I've even, I remember, I, I don't remember, it was something I was doing and I, it just wasn't coming out right. And I, yeah. I was pushing it and pushing the deadline, pushing the deadline. And then finally I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's oh. not even like I, I want more What's, time. I just don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. But I had, you know, I had told the person that, oh, I'm going to do it. And I think it was like a, um, like an anthology. And finally, I, I did an email and I, and I explained what um, we were going back and forth in email. So it wasn't like I right. opted to use email form, but I explained 
that I had when I originally came up with it, this is what I wanted to do, but I am no longer interested and and so on. Good for you. It doesn't you. mean that the person is happy about it. No. But I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do it. <laughs> well, so. it's funny that you're saying that. I think that was a very brave and bold choice. And it just shows that you value yourself because number two says determine if it's worth it. And that's exactly right. what you're, <laughs> what you just walked into. Like it, you know, is mm-hmm. it a long-term personal goal for you? Is it social? Are there financial implications? And you just, you know, yeah. said to yourself, no, it's not worth it. I don't want to yeah. do it. It's not right for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it doesn't always work. But yeah, I try to, I try to um, put a value on, like I said, the things that, the cons to right. something that's making me anxious or or whatever, or dread. (laughs) Um, And I put a value on what it would take to overcome it and, Mm. and so on. Right. I don't know, Gabs. Yeah. Gabby, what do you think? Um, I mean, I guess in my head, I'll go through everything. Um, and then I go to my mother. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky you have someone like her to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll go through pros and cons with stuff through Mm -hmm. her and then kind of talk it out. Sometimes talking out loud helps. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And sometimes like her saying nothing is fine. Sometimes I just need someone to nod and say (laughs) yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. But normally, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm quite a quietly introspective person. Yeah. Like I will sit in a room and just think a lot. So uh, that is my go-to. Um, so yeah, I don't normally write things down unless, uh, yeah, unless I'm, I don't know, uh, I only write things down if I'm like trying to figure out, I'm confused by something, but usually yeah. I'm just thinking in my head quietly. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever works. And number three goes into like taking care of your mental health. So you kind of got to, um, find out what's making you so anxious and kind of, realizing when you're stressed or you're being, cause it's that I love the article cause it says when you're stressed, those feelings short circuit, the prefrontal cortex, which is the decision-making area of your brain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of like you gotta, you gotta pause, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. you know, not, you know, take, do re- relaxation exercises, manage your stress, get a good night's sleep, and fatigue also impairs your judgment. So you got to make sure that you're in a good place when you're yeah. thinking about your decisions. Well, you know, the thing is anxiety or dealing with anxiety is in a way a privileged um, uh, um, kind of platform in the mm-hmm. sense that sometimes we don't have the luxury of being meditative about something or... Or no, I see what you're saying. even being able to do yoga to get through it or whatever, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. <laughs> because because it, it sounds like something like, oh, it's so easy to do. But then depending on people's yeah. the level because the anxiety right? doesn't come at you 
with at one at a time. No. Usually it's a bunch of different things that may be contributing to your anxiety mm-hmm. so that even if you focus on this one part of it, if the other things are knocking at the door, it's you don't have the, the, the ability to just put pause on your yeah. life. You have um, to make a decision. You have to think right. about outcomes and consequences. And-, and so I know that in a way I have the privilege of, you know, if I need extra sleep, okay, you can go take a nap. Like, for some people, it's like they got to get up and go to work. Yeah. They got to go deal with the family. They got to go yeah. deal with, you know, second job or third job. And you don't have time to take that nap to help you think better. Um, and unfortunately, our work-life balance doesn't, right. at least in America, doesn't. I mean, look at the jobs that are forcing us to go back to in work. the office yeah. because of a variety of things. I mean, some of them legit in the sense that there are smaller industries that are affected when we don't go in versus like, right. you know, the person with, um, that's selling the food on the curb outside or, right. you know, or gyms that are in the area near workplaces mm-hmm. because there's nobody in the work buildings. So mm-hmm. nobody's going to their gyms. And so it's a trickle down thing of what's affected but at the same time when we were at home for some people they had a better quality of life of not having to commute so they could be there when their kids come home or you know or be able that extra hour of not driving or commuting could now be a go walk around the neighborhood right um, that you don't have time to do when you working. So our work-life balance is just um, not a priority um, in this in this society. And so the so talking about relieving stress and anxiety is this, like I said, it's it's a form of a privileged mm-hmm. um, uh, exercise. You're right. For me, I do when things get too bad because um, the anxiety can turn into physical symptoms mm-hmm. of um, like I may pull my hair or something like, and it's like a, like a constant mm-hmm. obsessive act of just playing with a part of my hair, you know, over and over mm-hmm. and over. I know mm-hmm. that I do that. I've been doing it since a kid, as a kid. Um, it could be that, you know, you might get a stomach upset or something like that, mm-hmm. or I don't sleep well. So um, I try to do, you know, that's when I try to do exercising, mm-hmm. um, which is a short-term um, thing, because if I'm not motivated to exercise, then the exercise is not going to help. Right. But I find that... Um, you know, I I try to maintain some kind of physical discipline because they always say it you helps, know, you right? Move, yeah. Right, to, and when I'm on the treadmill or something, I do. It is calming for me, um, and it's not for a me. Time that I think but about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's good to just naturally have it in your schedule to kind of help, mm-hmm. and it's already in place. 
So you're right. Uh, anxiety mm-hmm. is a privilege. I think that's a great bumper sticker as well. I'm saving it on a post-it note. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gabby, what do you think? Um, Just yeah. like taking care of your mental health issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's definitely important. Uh, I, I'm probably more uh, stressed than ever. Mm-hmm. Um and and not as confident as I used to be. I used to be, well, I was almost like Alex in Red, <laughs> um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. I was pretty idealistic and optimistic. Right. And uh, that kind of died in 2020. Aww. Like, yeah. So, and since then, I haven't ever really returned to that level mm. of optimism or um, idealism or even joy. So... I'm always pretty muted now. Yeah. And levels of anxiety every month. And I have, um, what's it called? Uh, like how I'm always saying she might, the physical symptoms and stuff. Yeah. I, I have, well, I officially found out what it was called. It's called dermaticulomania, which is pulling at skin. And that's what I do. Mm. And to the point that it's raw, like I'll just keep, Picking at an area, yeah, and I did not know what it was called, but apparently I've been I've been doing that since I was like in middle school, so I've been right, doing that for right, a very exactly. long time. Yeah, but it wasn't until recent, semi recently that I, a YouTuber I was watching was like, "Oh, I have dermatomania," and I'm like, "Wait, I I have that. That's what oh, it's wow. called." I just thought it was I, just not <laughs> amazing where you just don't know yeah. and you find out, and it's like, "Oh, yeah. I am not alone." <laughs> yeah, and online apparently it's the part of like an OCD sort of thing. Um, I have not gone to a psychiatrist and I don't plan to. I probably should. Don't plan to. But (laughs) 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 I get through it with, um, I'm trying to do more. I think, oh, I don't think I told you, Julia. No. I don't mind it being on the podcast. I went to the doctor and you know how they do like, I did, it was a checkup. So, you know, they do like a blood test or whatever. Yeah. Uh, So my vitamin D level was so low. Oh no. Like it's supposed to be in the range of I think 30 to 50 or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine was 10. <gasps> so Ooh. I now take vitamin D pills and oh my god, I feel so much better. Do you? That, oh my god, that's great. I, I mean, after first taking it, I feel like I can do backflips. Like <laughs> I have so much energy. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're going to get back to yourself soon then. May, wow. Maybe cuz like my brain is clear, I can think. I'm still Still have anxiety symptoms, right, of course, right. but like it's, still... it's weird to see the brain fog. Like it right. was literally almost the next day that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can think. And I've been doing it now for three or four weeks. Yeah. And That's yeah, awesome. I'm like, my yeah, brain she's is taking a super vitamin D pill. Yeah, it's like pill a super vitamin D pill that she has to take for um, a year. A year. But um, my brain is so clear. Ah. And it's never been, I feel like, this clear in a long, in since like 2020. So that well, feels weird. Part of it too, she's in the house a lot, so she's oh, yeah. out. But at the same time, because of the vitiligo, she can't have the strong exposure to sun exactly. either. You yeah, you have to so wear it's a catch twenty two with the exactly. whole. Yeah, go outside and sit in the sun. Yeah, <laughs> and get burned in two minutes right. <laughs> and go back inside. Oh <laughs> you can come back inside. And you probably would do really well to do that light therapy because um, mm. I know I get. Like, I don't know what you call it, like the winter blues. Yeah, the winter, yeah, yeah. winter blues. So yeah. I have that lamp thingy to shine yeah. on me while I'm inside, I've, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, 
Yeah. I never got it before. This is the first time wow. it's been this low. Like I've been over the years, it's been fine. Right. Um, maybe slightly lower than average, maybe like 25 or something, but not, wow. not something like 10. Yeah. <laughs> 10, oh is, 10 is 10 is so a, glad a drop. that it's helping you too. Not yeah. just that they, they said, Oh yeah, you have this, take this, but that it's actually yeah. making I a difference. I was like at three. Three. Yeah, yeah, mine, mine was, was three. at three. Mine had dropped. Yeah. Oh my so was, god. <laughs> and she goes out more than I well, do. Well, the thing is, it's <laughs> I, I did read that it was menopausal. Also, oh. they noticed that menopausal women tended to have lower uh, vitamin D. Oh. So when I had gone to the doctor, because I, I, I was like, you know, I'm feeling sad all the time, blah blah blah, blah and yeah. she said, you know, let me do your blood work before I subscribe, uh, prescribe any kind of antidepressant. Right, right. And she saw that it was low. And then when I researched vitamin D, it is a mood. It's a mood. It's yeah. a mood. It's a huge mood. Thing. Immune system yeah. and mood. Yeah. And I think I need to check my level. I, <laughs> I mean, I think everyone should I get checked. I am a checked. big proponent now. <laughs> Every time somebody feels like down a lot and so on, I'm like, get your blood checked. Yeah. Your, your blood levels checked because there's a whole bunch of stuff within your blood and vitamins that affect your mood right. not just vitamin d that people don't realize is, might be a little low and probably should you know is that part of the regular that, blood panel though yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's then, part okay. yeah it's nothing okay. yeah nothing yeah. special nothing off okay um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my my vitamin d like it's it's weird i mean it's not like vitamin d's fixes your depression or anything no no, no. but like i said uh, my brain is so clear it has never been this clear yeah so Aww. so just a quick thing on the, uh, the vitamin d yeah deficiency if mm-hmm. you have prolonged and severe vitamin d deficiency you can get associ- you can get symptoms associated with secondary hyperparathyroidism <laughs> including <laughs> bone pain um Fatigue, muscle twitching, um, add all those things, uh, weakness. Um, so it is, and this is not medical advice, folks. Go, yeah, go to your doctor doctor thingy. (laughs) I'm not telling you to run out there and take vitamin D. (laughs) Um, because if you take too much, that's another issue, right? That's a whole different thing. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean, I I very much in the. I had the fatigue, I had the muscle weakness, I had the muscle twitching. Really? Um, and then I had the mood, like the low mood. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So it's like you're always tired. Couldn't right. think. There'd be days I would be staring at the laptop and I'm like, I can't, mm. my brain can't process anything. So after I took it, again, it's been about three weeks. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, I have so much energy. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mental fog that <laughs> just that clears away. Clears away. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wow. maybe I needed <laughs> vitamin D. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, we are indoors more. Yeah, I'm indoors more. We yeah. are. So, and that's an issue. That is yeah. an issue. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, anxiety in terms of like I'll play a game or something or um, I think social media does not help. No. Uh, Watching the news doesn't help. Everything's no, such a downer. Not. News is bad. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like they should do five, like after all their five intense sad stories, at least one 
one happy one at least one thing that is like <laughs> someone saved a puppy just like one. something well, i was telling her you know and like your to your article uh julia that mm-hmm. next year because it's an election year because it's you know court right. trial year and all that other <laughs> stuff yep um that it is going to be an intense year by the time we get to november december we'll all be regardless of what side of the aisle you're on it's in america it's going to be so crazy because the media and the tv news people and and all of that will just be pounding at us um, with stuff and we will need this escapist um stories um and of course with the actor's strike Everything has been stopped production. There's nothing to watch so, that's going to be feel good or happy so or thrillerish or are, sci-fi. But, but that's why your book is necessary, Julia. Get <laughs> yeah. your book out. Get I will. Your book I will. Out. I'm going to get my book out. <laughs> Gabby, get your book out. I know, Gabby. <laughs> we'll feel, feel so good, much better. Yeah. You too, Michelle. Well, get your book ex- out. It's a escape. Yeah, it's an escape. Yeah, it's, you know? it's an escape. We're not people saying are gonna, that. People need us. Yeah, people need us. That's the whole point. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, was there anything else to? There's to... number four, which was okay. it's it's like a, you know like um, just simple advice to look beyond the data. You know, mm-hmm. like too much information is information overload, yeah. and sometimes you get stuck in overthinking, overanalyzing. So sometimes you just have to trust your gut. Yeah. Good. You know, and that's it. Thank you. And on that note, we'll say, (laughs) Julia, stay prickly. Okay, bye. Bye.